Hey, I'm Chris Wilson. And I'm Dylan Gregory. And we host Backstage Gaming, a weekly podcast about video games and storytelling. We both play pretend professionally. Sometimes on stage with other people. And sometimes alone in a soundproof room. So join us every Monday while we talk about games, acting, and how a story comes together. Backstage Gaming. Dramatic takes on your favorite games. Part of the HP Video Game Podcast Network. This show is part of the RetroZap.com podcast network. What's up, Argonauts, and welcome to another Retro Gaming Podcast. This is episode 13 now of Arcast Mini, uh, so this is basically like our kind of short-form uh, episode format of our usual uh, show, which we have up on Fridays, but uh, yeah, so this is kind of like our more uh, short-form and uh, just like very focused in on a particular topic, uh, in which case this particular topic is going to be all about the game Fox and Forest, and uh, I am here also with my co-host, Robert Workman. Also known as Thanos. Hi, everybody. Yes, the Thanos. Uh, <laughs> Because David made an image, I'm sure it'll be on the RetroZap site very soon. Uh, and I'm Thanos, apparently with a big ballsy chin. Why not? Indeed, the uh, Mad Titan is here with us. <laughs> yeah, but uh, David, a good show today. Uh, this game we've actually been pretty excited about for some time here. Fox and Forests, a 2D style, 16-bit style action platformer. Uh, we both got to check it out at PAX East. Uh, it's actually coming pretty soon here in just a few days. And uh, who do we have in the show? Yeah, so with us is the uh, the, uh, the game director, actually, uh, over at uh, Bonus Level Entertainment. It's Rupert Oxner. So how's it going there, Rupert? Ah, I'm doing fine. How's it going, everyone? There you go. A little tired, but I'll get by. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. So like, it, it's very you know, it's, it's very cool to kind of see like your game. Like, I, I remember like when first like you know finding out about your game here, Rupert. Uh, I I was just like really blown away, just like you know, for one thing, like how it echoes like a lot of like a like retro gaming aesthetics and like gameplay elements and whatnot. Uh, but also the fact that like you have like a fox as like a main character. And I'm, I'm personally speaking, I'm like a huge fan of like just fox protagonists in general. Uh, you so... should see him gloat about the Star Fox series. He'll, he'll go on for yeah. <laughs> Cool. <laughs> pretty much, pretty much. As well as like the old school, like uh, if you think of like the old school. Robin Hood cartoon, like uh, like on yes. like, the Disney that came out in uh, was it like the seventies, I think. Um, so I, I was kind of, I was kind of curious, just, you know, just right off the bat, why a fox hero? Uh, well, uh, yeah, first of all, thank you very much for the opportunity to having me on your show. That's pretty awesome. Yeah. No and uh, so, why a fox? Well, uh, I guess it's uh, same feelings that you have. Uh, I'm just a big fan of foxes. Uh, I like them as a, as an animal. I think they're pretty cool as a character because there are many attributes that come with a fox on one hand they are sly and crafty and witty but on the other hand they also can be a bit naughty and uh, <laughs> i think this is also uh what the character we wanted to uh, achieve with rick the fox the hero of fox and forests that he is uh, more like of an anti-hero fox like more more like a cool guy right right 
I like his choice of weaponry too, because if you take a look uh, at the poster in which apparently he apparently seems to be uh, tormenting a partridge, um, <laughs> he's got he's got a blade in one hand, but then it looks like he's got like some sort of magic sphere in the other, and this actually plays into the weather change dynamic within the game. Um, how do you utilize these these um, these items within the game? Uh, so. Yeah, Rick's main uh, weapon is the magic melee crossbow, and uh, oh, it's actually, a crossbow, it's, it's a, yeah, it's a crossbow, uh, and it has a bayonet on top of it. Mm-hmm. And uh, surprisingly, as uh, yeah, it was important for me to like uh, have have uh, the main character shoot as his main attack because this is uh, because of Super Goose and Goals is one of is one of the major inspirations for our game, and uh, uh, surprisingly. In the medieval days, not the bow, but the crossbow was actually the preferred uh, weapon of choice. It was more powerful, uh, easier to handle. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, then uh, by, by doing some research with uh, with crossbows, uh, we found that there are also uh, melee crossbows. Like th- this did exist in the past, that some crossbows had like a knife on top for close-up combat. And then we thought, yeah, that's pretty cool. You know, we can uh, combine the ranged uh, attacks with the crossbow, with the different arrows you will get throughout the game, and uh, the ranged attack with the bayonet. Very cool. Nice. Yeah. Um, now, question here um, regarding the the weather, because what happens is when you go into a level, you run into like certain sections in which, like, say, there's this body of water. You you can't cross it if you're in, say, in the middle of spring. Um, Rick has the ability to change the weather. Yes. Uh, which would then, of course, make it winter, and then it freezes up the lake, and then he can cross. Whereas he has to change back to get like past certain ice walls. Um, how did this play into the level design of the game? Because it almost made it sound like you had to design each level twice: once in spring, yeah. once in winter. Uh, yeah. So the magic melee crossbow—that's why it's called magic melee crossbow—also enables you to switch the seasons. Mm-hmm. And. Uh, um, yeah, the season switch, that's like uh, uh, the core mechanic or the, the, the coolest feature of our game. And uh, uh, yes, it's true that it was, first of all, very, very difficult from a graphical point of view because all the tile sets that we used to create at the level had to be drawn twice uh, mm-hmm. in two different seasons. Because what we did is that we said in every level of Fox and Forests, you can switch between two predefined seasons. So once is spring and summer, once is spring and winter, once is winter and fall, in another level is fall and spring or summer and winter. Uh, and w- why we have this like A-B switch mechanic is because uh, it was very important for us that the game is uh, feels like an action platformer. So we do like the RPG and puzzle elements we got into the game, but uh, uh, it shouldn't be like, you know, no, a trial and error experience where just like go a couple of meters and then you try out all the four seasons to see what changes. So the season switch mechanic should be something quick to grasp, something fun to use. And this is why we uh, decided to have uh, two predefined seasons uh, per level. And yeah, then, then, then we thought, okay, what are great ideas uh, that, that we can have uh, with these uh, seasons uh, in every level, right? So as you mentioned in the first level, it's spring and winter. So uh, water freezes, for example, in winter, you can cross it, or uh, bees that uh, sting you in summer and uh, spring. Sorry, they will sleep in winter, or they are they are giant vines, and of course, the vines will only carry leaves that can be used at platforms in winter, right? Uh, but in another level, it's totally different. So, with, for example, a level called Foggy Fable, it's like uh, yeah, our creepy graveyard level, and there, there's a lot of fog 
in this level around Rick. And you can switch from fall to winter and in winter the fog will disappear and you can uh, yeah, see more of the level. On the other hand, in this level we also have vines with spikes and those spiky vines that uh, cover, cover gravestones that you might want to jump across or jump onto. But then again, when you switch from fall to winter, then these vines disappear. So basically, the the different seasons, uh, like you know, kind of like allow for for you to kind of redesign like the same levels and to open up like different like puzzle elements and different like things you have to kind of like you know cross or just kind of figure out like a way around, uh, depending on what the season is in, in that particular level. Is that right? Exactly. Yeah, very cool. And um, mm-hmm. I, like you mentioned too, like with Super Ghouls and Ghosts being being uh, being like a big influence, but there's also other influences which you've noted here, uh, like like uh, one being Wonder Boy and Monster World, and another one being ActRaiser Two as well. Uh, so mm-hmm. th- those are very distinct games in their own right. Uh, so I, I was kind of curious, like, what were the specific elements of those games that you kind of took from in order to make uh, Fox and Forest? Uh, okay, so so. Um... When we say what references we had, it's basically just my favorite games I played on the Super Nintendo, right? And on the Mega Drive or Genesis, how it's called in the States. Mm-hmm. And these games are, for example, just the ones you mentioned, Wonderboy Monster World and, and of course, uh, Actraiser 2, Mickey's Magical Quest, Castle of Illusion and uh, all of these games. And then uh, we tried to, like, you know, take the, our favorite elements and put them into one game. So, um, yeah, when you ask me for the uh, unique influences, like the distinct influences, then from, from uh, Ghost and Goblins, of course, the Ghost and Goblins series, we have the double jump and we have the fact that uh, you stand still while shooting. Mm. So that's the difference between Ghost, uh, the Ghost and Goblins series and the Mega Man series. You can't run and shoot at the same time. But uh, we think that's pretty cool because it makes uh, combat more exciting. But, uh, but yeah, Actraiser 2 has this amazing, amazing hack and slash combat. I mean, uh, it's a very difficult game. That's why many people don't play it, but I can really recommend everyone go back to your Super Nintendo or get it somehow and play Actraiser 2. Uh, play it on easy if you want to. It's, it's a brilliant game. It looks so beautiful and the combat is just awesome. It's, it's, it's a bit overloaded at the beginning because like every, every direction you press uh, in combination with the attack button makes a different attack and you can even fly and everything. So I think that this uh, uh, melee um, mechanic of Actraiser 2 is so cool that I really wanted to have it in Fox and Forest as well. And we also did uh, take some inspiration from levels, of, of course, right? So, so I mentioned Foggy Fable uh, in Fox and Forest is like, you know, a bit of a love letter to Ghosts and Goblins. Mm. Then uh, we have the, uh, a level in Fox and Forest, which is called Gorgeous Gorge. And this is inspired by one of the Actraiser 2 levels, and I always forget the, the name of it, which is a shame. It's one of the first levels where I have this huge sunset in the background. Uh, and it's like more of a, a, a vertical than horizontal level. Uh, so, so that was a major inspiration. And then, then we have the, have the falling leaves from Castle of Illusions. Or we have the grapes from uh, Mickey's Magical Quest on the Super Nintendo. Yeah, so... That's, that's basically it. I was I was definitely say this game definitely has that sort of magical quest vibe in terms of the um, charming sixteen bit style aesthetic. I did notice that a little bit when we played the Pax East demo. By the way, your guys's Pax East demo was terrific. Not yes. to mention the fact that you were pe- feeding people pretzels for breakfast. It was amazing. <laughs> <Thanks so much. laughs> That's definitely a good promotional thing. Another thing I wanted to ask here is about the story. Um, Apparently something about saving the fifth season, according to your um, your website. Can you go in a little more detail about what Rick is doing within the game, what the story kind of is? 
Okay, well, so the whole game starts that uh, Rick is just wandering through the forest looking for something to eat. And suddenly uh, a partridge comes along. And of course, foxes eat partridges. Uh, and this partridge is Paddy. That's like the partridge that you that you mentioned that is also on our key artwork on the poster. Mm-hmm. And Rick wants to eat her, but she says, no, no, don't eat me. Come on. I'm not just some random partridge. I'm like uh, the smart, uh, important Paddy the partridge. And the mighty, uh, almighty season tree sent me uh, to find someone for help. And instead of you eating me, you should rather help me uh, and help the season tree uh, because you will be rewarded with many treasures and you will get a cool weapon and, and all, the, all the glory. And so Rick is thinking, okay, I'm going to follow the partridge and see, see what comes along, try to help that uh, old senile season tree and then I can still eat the partridge at the end. But, but why is the season tree looking for help? Because something went wrong in his forests. From one day to the other, suddenly all the seasons got stuck. Or let's say different parts of his forest became stuck in different seasons. So one part of his forest is spring, one is summer, one is fall, one is winter. Because an evil force is messing around with the seasons. And yeah, it's up to Rick to find out uh, what the mystery behind this is. Very cool. And uh, were there any like story elements that um, you know that, that you were like, kind of like inspired by, like from other media, or even like other games, or anything like that? Like it's, it, like it, it just sounds like a very like a very uh, very unique kind of story. So I wasn't sure if there was like any sort of like um, anything that kind of like inspired you. I guess like when when crafting it. No, actually not really. I mean, uh, we have we have the season tree, you know. Which is which is a very common, I think, like a big mana tree or a big tree from Kirby games or Secret of Mana and, and uh, so many other fantasy games. Or oh, the Deku tree, so, like from from Ocarina. Or the Deku time. tree, exactly. Of course, uh, actually, cool. You mentioning Zelda because Zelda: Link to the Past is another game where we took some inspiration from. Mm, okay. And this also uh, harks back to your first question, like which with uh, Rick in the poster, he in the artwork, he he's holding a, a bottle in the left hand. And, and this is something we, we took from Zelda, A Link to the Past, that uh, Rick has, can use magic in the form of magic attack potions. And he can buy these attack potions in the hub area of the game in Forest Plaza. Uh, but in order to uh, buy one of these attack potions, he needs to find what, a bottle first. And he can reuse the bottles just like in Zelda and then fill it in with magic attack potions. So is he kind of like an alchemist a little bit in that regard? Or? Uh, nah, not really. I mean, he finds this bottle and then Paddy, Paddy is more the alchemist. I mean, uh, we have three different types of uh, shops. We have the magic shop, we have a, a, an upgrade booth where you can upgrade your character stats. And then we have an armory where you can buy, where you can buy new moves and upgrade your bayonet so your text becomes stronger. Uh, and yeah, Paddy is more or less uh, the alchemist, I would say, and Rick is just uh, using using the magic Nice. I got another question here. Uh, it's about the name of the game itself, because it, it's kind of funny. I, I was having a conversation with a friend the other day, and you're like, you know, I, I love these retro platformers. You know, Celeste is great. Iconoclast is great. You know what I can't wait for, though? Fox and Friends. And I'm like, that is not. <laughs> that is not what it's called. Entirely different thing. Entirely that different. Is, no, no, no. You never, never say that again. In fact, get off my friend list. Uh, but, but no, I wanted to know, um, how did you come up with the, you just wanted to go something silly? Simple when you named it Fox and Forests, or yeah, uh, I mean you know um, it's always hard to find a, a good name for your game. Uh, uh, so there's always this discussion about it. I mean I like the name because it it reminds me of ghouls and ghosts uh, on ghosts and goblins. That right? makes sense. Yeah, yeah, it does. 
so this is where the first uh, idea came from and then yeah i mean fox definitely fits to the fits to the main character and forest fits to the whole season season uh, environment stuff and also personally you know when 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 i'm making games i always uh, like to on one hand make games that i want to play myself like an action platformer but on the other hand uh, i'm trying to put elements in there uh, that that i like you know from my own life you know and uh, i just really like you know I mean, games industry is very stressful. So on the weekends, to go into the forests, somewhere around here in the Alps, on the mountains. I just like this. I like foxes as well. So yeah, that's that's where it's coming from. You know, it's basically I like forests, I like foxes, and uh, yeah, it reminds you of uh, the Ghost and Goblins series. Cool, mm -hmm. makes sense. And then an another thing I noticed here is that uh, you guys are very active on social media. In fact, I got into a conversation somehow with this morning with the Fox and Forest account where they're like, they wanted to see what the logo was all about. And that's when I saw the image involving um, the fox and the partridge. And, you know, I said, okay, so fox and tormenting partridge. And they're like, no, 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 that's Rick and Pat. <laughs> She's a partridge, by the way. But we call her smartass. And I'm like, okay, so it's fox and the smartass partridge. Uh, <laughs> but uh, just really like how you guys, like you're doing giveaways for Steam Keys, you're talking with fans about the excitement behind the game. I mean, you're you're very social with the community there, and, and it seems to be a, a very avid community that can't wait for this game to come out. I mean, us included, obviously, but it, it's just great how you guys really interact with your fans and get them involved with the game. Well, thanks, Rob. I mean, that's really a nice thing to say because uh, um, I'm doing most of the community work, and, you know, uh, besides being the game director of the game and, and, and uh, making sure, you know, the game turns out uh, as straight as it as it's in my eyes did and, and launches on all the all the channels of course together with the amazing team from from independent art software but yeah uh, uh, I was always afraid that I didn't have enough time for the social uh, uh, community work which is very important and also I love doing it uh, so yeah this this uh, thank you it means a lot to me that, that you say say that uh, it's working well because again it's a lot of effort and yeah I'm working 11 hours a day since, since January it's 11 hours every day wow yeah and um, Rupert I, I was kind of curious too like on what your what your uh, game industry experience has been before taking on Fox and Forest like like I imagine you, you must have worked on like some other like smaller projects before this one uh, yes yeah, so so uh, my first job in the industry was doing uh, uh, 3d animation and level design at independent arts software that's a developer in the north of Germany uh, I worked there for five years and uh, it was an amazing time. Uh, but then, you know, I wanted to have like a change, a bit of a change. And I went then to Deep Silver in Munich. Uh, uh, it's the publisher of Dead Island and Saints Row and and, uh, and Metro. Yep. And there I worked in marketing. And then, uh, yeah, three years ago, I thought, okay, you know, and I've been in the games industry for almost 10 years. And no development and no publishing. Now, now I think it's time to actually make my dream game, which is like a Super Nintendo-style action platformer. Mm -hmm. And then I founded Bonus Level Entertainment. And the funny thing is I founded Bonus Level Entertainment together with Holger, who is the boss of independent arts uh, software. So uh, I kind of went back to my roots. And uh, uh, yeah, so uh, Fox and Forest is a co-development between Bonus Level Entertainment and independent arts software. And uh, most of the people that worked there when I was there uh, are still there and are now on the team. And it's really like just, you know, friends coming back together, uh, making making what they really love and what they really want to do. 
because already back then when I worked in 3D animation and level design, we were always joking in the in the lunch break, hey, one day we make an awesome Super Nintendo game uh, mm -hmm. because uh, many of the teams share the same passion for the 16-bit style uh, uh, graphics and for, for the whole uh, area of 16-bit consoles. So, uh, yeah, it was really a perfect, perfect match. Um, let me ask you something else here, too. This game actually came to life following a successful Kickstarter campaign back yes. in August 2016. Now, when we see projects funded on Kickstarter, they can go obviously one of two ways. Um, with Kickstarter, we can either see a game that just flourishes and becomes something that, you know, like Stuff of Legend, like Shovel Knight or the forthcoming Bloodstained. But on the other hand, then we have the Kickstarter campaigns that go like mighty number nine. So when, when you were developing this, did you feel any pressure to that you had to live up to a particular standard or did you and your team just go okay we've got the money let's just make a kick-ass game i mean uh, kickstarter was an amazing experience uh, also very tough but but i'm really glad that we that we uh, that we did it and it also for us it was a test you know like what we want to do you know the 16-bit style um, um uh, fox game you know do people like it is an interest for it so it was also a test and it was also about getting the money um and uh and so once we once we completed the campaign, we were just super happy and we were like uh, super excited that we can now finally go to work and that we that we that we knew that this would uh, end up in a in a in a in a in a great game hopefully. Um, but I do have to say the money we raised on Kickstarter was was uh, far not enough. So so the the, the uh, product value of Fox and Forest is is higher than the one hundred seven thousand dollars we we raised. Uh, I mean, there's a very interesting article about uh, Shovel Knight uh, and their financial uh, um, experience when, when developing Shovel Knight at, at uh, Yacht Club. You can check it out. And the same went was for us, right? So, so we got the money on Kickstarter. We knew, I mean, we, we were not taking a big risk because we're industry professionals. We knew that this would get us so far, but we also knew that the $95,000 goal we had uh, was not enough to to finish the game, right? Mm -hmm. But uh, but uh, everything worked out nicely because uh, we then started to uh, uh, develop the game. We then made a nice demo and uh, and uh, also showcased this demo on the Gamescom in 2017. Got great feedback again, and this then helped us to finally find a publisher. And uh, yeah, we we got an amazing publisher from Munich called Eurovideo, and they have a new label for the core games called Wild River. And yeah, yeah, they are they are publishing it, and 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 yeah, uh, thanks God, uh, we got the financial financial sorted out, and um, yeah, now, now I can't believe it. It's gonna launch. Yeah, that's great that you were able to find that success. That's always like the big like misconception I feel like that pe that people generally have about Kickstarter projects is that like the the uh, the financial goals like set. Uh, generally are not going to fund the entire project. <laughs> like games yeah. just like cost like so much more than people like even realize. And uh, yeah. it, it is great that, you know, the, the, you know, that you guys had that kind of like plan that really kind of came into fruition, like where you were able to kind of get the, you know, the, um, the crowdfunding backing in order to uh, get as far as kind of getting, you know, to your publisher. Cause that's generally, I feel like kind of like the smart way of going about it and really the most realistic way of kind of going about it. Cause otherwise, like when you get like to super high levels of like, um, you know, as far as like needing like you know a million plus or whatever, unless you're like 
some super hyped uh, property, like say like a Castlevania or like Shenmue, for example, um, then it, it can be very tough. Like when you have like your own IP and like, you know, something that people own or don't already have that sort of precognition for. Uh, but yeah, like the, the game itself is looking like really, really amazing. And uh, I'm, I'm really, really rooting for you guys, honestly, for, um, you know, for your launch, which I know is coming out May 17, 2018. Is that right? Yeah, uh, this is true. Yes. So uh, yeah. in two weeks, almost. Yeah, yeah you, got, weeks. you guys are nearing you guys are nearing the finish line. I mean, how, how do you guys feel knowing that in like just a couple of weeks time, we're all going to be playing and changing weather and all this <laughs> and kicking partridges as well. Apparently. And kicking, oh, I, yeah, I'm apparently a mean Fox. That's right. That's right. Yeah. I'm super, super excited. I mean, uh, you know, it was really tough uh, to have a uh, simultaneous release on all the consoles and PC. It was not easy for the team. And once again, uh, um, the, the, the whole team really, you know, worked, uh, over over time for weeks in order to make it happen so I'm, I'm really really happy that you know it is coming out on four platforms for a small indie developer that's not so easy and uh, i think so so the reaction from the fans and from the press so far is also pretty good so i'm uh, i'm really looking forward to it uh, on the other hand uh, me and my company bonus level also took uh, a financial risk you know so i do hope it's going to be successful also from a from a, a business point of view uh, because we know, I mean, there are many games that are amazing, but, you know, don't sell well. I mean, one of my favorite examples is always Okami. I mean, uh, I don't, I not only love foxes, also the wolves. <laughs> right. And it's one of my favorite games of all time. And, you know, the developer, Clava, uh, I mean, they, they closed them down, you know, and not only Okami, but also the, the other uh, series, Beautiful Joe. Amazing yes. games, super cool graphics, uh, but not financially successful. So, so yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm on one hand really happy. I'm proud of the, the team, what we achieved, um, but I'm also a bit nervous and excited. And I really hope that uh, you know we we we're gonna have that bit of luck you always need in order to 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 have a success. But and this is what uh, what I have to say, which is probably the nicest thing about it. So let's say Fox and Forests, what I, what I don't think will not uh, sell a lot of copies. Mm-hmm. I would not grieve. I would still be satisfied because it really turned out to be this 16-bit Super Nintendo game that me and my friends uh, at Independent Art Software and Bonus Level Entertainment always wanted to make, and we achieved that. And so uh, I'm already very happy. Well, one thing I want to I want to note here real quick is that. Just because a game doesn't meet with financial success doesn't mean it's not successful. There is the factor of yes. <laughs> being a cult favorite. I mean, like Okami, you're right. It didn't sell as well as Capcom did. But look, we got re-releases in Xbox One and PlayStation 4. Mm-hmm. It's coming to Switch this year. So, I mean, there, there's something in their heads saying, you know what? This game has enough of a cult status, mm-hmm. you know? So I think Fox and Forest, I mean, there, there, I don't think there's anything holding it back from success. Like I said, you guys have social media covered. And obviously, when you went to PAX East, this year you, you met with a lot of fans who are excited for the game not not just us but you know like people who are actually like this is actually a pretty awesome game and you got them excited so i mean you guys have got the building blocks in place in terms of getting that excitement going so i i really think you know that this game is going to stand out i mean it, it's one of those games that channels back to the old school and you know that's a great audience to channel, but just ask anybody. You know, like you played Celeste or Iconoclast. I mean, it's a great audience yeah. to cater to. For sure, yeah. So I feel like it's just kind of like a matter of like really owning in on like which audiences that you're, you know, that you're really trying to, uh, so you know, to like really wow here. And uh, honestly, you you've already wowed us. I know you've wowed like a lot of people. Like when you showed it off during PAX East. 
Um, it's you know it's, it's a very impressive looking game. Uh, you know plays very well so far. Like from like the from like the build I played, I remember. And uh, I'm definitely looking forward to like the full game, like the you know play through it like in its entirety. Um, you know, just kind of like play as that mischievous fox character as I always like to play. So. And, and you know what? If it is successful, who knows? Maybe we haven't seen the last of Rick. Yeah. Or the partridge. Fox yeah, Force I mean, 2, maybe? <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, this is exactly, you know, I mean, I don't, I don't want to get rich. And I think if you want to get rich, then you shouldn't go into the games industry, right? It's really about doing what you love, you know? Mm-hmm. And so if Fox and Forest is successful enough that bonus level entertainment can continue to make 16-bit style games, then I would be very, very satisfied. Very cool. Well, I, I know people can go to uh, foxandforest.com, and that's N as in like the the uh, the, the letter N uh, com in order to uh, to find out like more information on Fox and Forest, uh, as well as at Fox and Forest on Twitter uh, in order to find yes. more information there. Yeah, and, don't uh, miss that party because they're actually giving away codes uh, for for something like yes. this. something about a Rick Rodami. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly. There's this Rick Origami, and uh, yeah, you just have to follow the link, and then you can print it out. Then you have to, you know, fold it together and place it somewhere nice, you know, somewhere interesting, maybe somewhere uh, around your retro collection or, 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 I don't know, it's spring now, somewhere in, in the field of flowers or anything. And those three, uh, we will retweet uh, the photos you send us and uh, the ones that get the most likes, we get a Steam key. Very cool. Nice. Well, if you ever want to team up with us on some code giveaways, we are definitely down. Uh, David is like a fox, if you will. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> okay. right. Nice. Yeah, good. Yeah, hey, let's think about something. I think I like it. Yes, definitely. Very sure, cool. Good, good idea. Very Just cool. remember, folks, Fox and Forest, not Fox and Friends. Two different things. Very, very different. <laughs> very, very different from Fox <laughs> and Friends. Yeah. Do, do not promote Fox and Friends. No, no. No, no, no. We don't need, need, need more of them. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah, so, yeah, again, that's uh, at Fox and Forest on Twitter and foxandforest.com. We'll have, like, a link. Uh, we'll have, like, a link to, uh, to foxandforest.com in the show notes for this particular episode. And, uh, yeah, so if you want to follow the, uh, the Artcast on Twitter, we are at Podcast. Same thing for Facebook. We're at facebook.com slash art podcast and if you want to follow me on twitter it's at the guilty man and twitter it's twitter.com slash the dcd you can also find my work at comicbook.com slash gaming where i hope to post my fox and forest review soon enough indeed indeed and uh, we are partnered with don't feed the gamers so be sure to check them out at don't feed the gamers.com that is run by our good friend liana ruppert so be sure to uh, give her some love over there uh, for your all your kind of fan driven gaming uh, you know news and coverage uh, we you know, we are uh, also if you want to send us any like email like any like feedback any like, retro games you want us to cover or anything at all really you could email us at rcast at retrozap.com and be sure to check out retrozap.com for all sorts of other amazing podcasts especially the Star Wars variety there is Brews and Blasters Kanada's Castle Skywalking Through Neverland Starship Sabers and Scoundrels there's also Beltway Bontas which is really cool because it combines both Star Wars and politics speaking of Fox of Friends uh, so if you're of both minds it's definitely the podcast for you there's also the Animaniacast so if you're a big Animaniacs fan that's definitely the podcast for you and they're also Rob Paulson approved there's also the Deucecast Movie Show so if you're a big movie fan that's definitely the podcast for you those guys have been doing it for over 300 uh, like episodes now so they definitely know what they're doing over there and there's also the Techno Retro Dads. So if you love old school stuff, and of course you do because you listen to the Rcast, you love the Techno Retro Dads because they cover stuff in the 70s, 80s, and 90s, not only just video games, but also toys, commercials, things like that. And yeah, there's also us with Rcast. So be sure to find us on iTunes, subscribe, give us five stars, and tell your neighbors. We're also on Stitcher and also Google Play Music. So there's absolutely no reason to not listen to the Rcast. And yeah, that's Rcast Mini uh, in the books. And until next time, keep it retro. 
And, you know, let it never be said, we've never done a Foxy podcast. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> the technically, here. technically, I mean, not, not the Foxy you're looking for, but, you know, we did talk about foxes. Yeah. Please like Fox in forests. That's Again, right. Fox make sure you awesome. Thanks, Rob. Thanks, David. Have a good one. You too. You bet. Thank Take you. care. What's up, everyone? I'm Chris from Weekly Games Chat. Along with my co-hosts, Sean and John, we cover the latest video games every Wednesday for your listening pleasure. We also make sure to rant about the latest movies, TV shows, and happenings in the sports world. If you like the show, catch one of our live streams on Twitch, follow us on Twitter, or even take the biggest jump of all and join our community on Discord. All found by simply searching Weekly Games Chat. Until then, I'll simply say game on, in your mom's box.